This is Brojo Online. Masculinity, confidence, and integrity with Dan Monroe. Alrighty. Now this one is really a specific one for guys. And it's prompted by actually an earlier earlier podcast I did about feminism. Where I basically had a go at all women who engage in misandry, I think is the word. Which is kind of a hate of all men. And I believe in balance and fairness. And if we're going to be talking about how feminism and its hatred towards men is doing damage to society, we have to also talk about the counter-extreme, which has probably been going for a much longer time than misandry, and that is misogyny. Now, before you sign off, this call isn't just for people who strongly hate women. This call, this podcast, it isn't just for people who strongly hate women. It's for all men who even see women as a separate category, okay? And in particular for men who believe that that separate category of human beings is, in general, not as good as men. In some way, there is some form of judgment there. So you don't have to be at the extreme misogynistic end of hatred, where you look look at women as objects or as uh, despicable creatures of some kind but even if you're a guy who just looks at women and just goes ah oh, i wish they were more like guys you know i wish they didn't think like that and i wish they didn't treat me like this and so on and you see them all as a category and you believe that that category is accurate this kind of women are generally the same and generally tend to be this way kind of thinking if that's you you're who i'm talking to today and the reason I'm talking to you is twofold. One is because I used to be you. And two is because I know that that view, that perspective you have, is not only inaccurate, essentially, but it is harming your ability to connect with women. So this this podcast, I guess it is for guys who just want to use women for sex, though you won't really hear me. You're kind of like the male equivalent of a third-wave feminist, you're so far gone into misogyny that there's really nothing I'm going to say that's going to turn you around. You, If you hate women, uh, there's very little rational, rational argument that will turn you around, just like rational argument won't turn around a hardcore feminist who hates men, because it's not a rational uh, position to take. I'm not really speaking to you. I'm more speaking to the downtrodden masses of men, particularly the nice guys, who just feel hard done by when it comes to women, and feel that women generally have behaved unfairly toward them, and that women are in some way kind of more negative than men. But in particular, if you're not really sure where you sit, this is for you if you simply believe that men and women are two separate categories and those categories comes with rules that each individual follows to some extent. Your rules could be as simple as like men are more rational and women are more emotional. Something like that. Or probably more along the lines of something that affects you personally. Like uh, women are flaky or women can be nasty or women will break your heart. If you've got any of those kind of very generalized beliefs about an entire group uh, based on gender, you're who I'm talking to today. And I want to plant the seed nice and early. I, A, like I said, I used to believe all that. 
I wasn't quite what you'd call misogynistic, as in I didn't look down on women, I actually looked up to them. I saw men as less than women. But it's the same belief system, it's seeing them as a different species, a different kettle, uh, kettle of fish. So I used to have similar beliefs, and then of course when things didn't go my way, sometimes I'd switch to looking down on them, be frustrated with them and their behavior and their tendencies. And the second reason I'm talking to you is because this belief system you have, no matter how much uh, evidence you find to back up why you believe in it, it's still not helping you. Because for the rest of your life, if you see women as a separate category, as a separate type of human to men, you're always going to have that much more of a struggle to connect with them, to interact with them, to have successful sexual encounters with them. Uh, that go beyond just two pieces of meat banging together. So you're who I'm talking to. What are we talking about? I want to start by talking about skewed perspective. I'll say I'll share a kind of a weird story with you. So many of you probably already know that I used to work in the Department of Corrections as a probation officer. And not only did I do this work, I specialized in sex offenders which was a weird thing to specialize in, and <laughs> looking back now, I almost wish I hadn't. But I specialized in sex offenders, which essentially meant that a large portion of my day was spent directly in contact with pedophiles and rapists. And when you looked at the overall percentage of who I spent time with, and my circle of, of socializing, essentially, who I had contact with as other human beings, a lot of them were pedophiles. Now what happens in corrections quite often is somebody who specializes in this kind of offender starts to get a very skewed perspective on the world. And I saw this more in others than I could see it in myself, because it's so much easier, of course, to see in others. I remember this one probation officer in particular, she would not let her children walk to school. She would not let them play at somebody else's house. She basically wrapped them up in bubble wrap and wouldn't let them take any risks whatsoever when it came to socializing. Uh, because she was so afraid that some other kid's parent was going to be a pedophile. Ironically, that kind of treatment of a child is the kind of precipitating risk factor that not only makes them more likely to be a victim, because they're isolated and um, untrained socially, but more likely to be an offender, because they get all fucked up socially. And this kind of skewed view spread throughout the whole department. Whoever they specialized in working with, probation officers would often come to believe that the world was full of these types of people. And the same thing happened to me. I came to believe that the world was full of pedophiles. Now, statistically speaking, that is absolutely not true. Even though most crime goes underreported when it comes to sexual offending, at the best possible estimates, there's probably only about one to 5% of the population who are sexual offenders, at most. They do a lot of offending, they're responsible for most of it, but they're a very small percentage of the population, so for me to think that there are a lot of them out there is highly inaccurate. Most people simply don't do that kind of stuff. And yet because I was, my worldview, my little circle, was full of them, I thought there were a lot of them out there. Now why would I bring up this weird story? There's two reasons. One is because of how this affected my behavior. I started to become suspicious of all men, especially around young children. And I started to be very uncomfortable around children in general, 
I was so worried about pedophiles and pedophilia and being accidentally hugging a child and being thought of doing something and accused. Of, I was just terrified of the whole concept of even being near a kid, right? So there was that whole thing. I became very re- repulsed by both men around kids and children themselves. And the second thing was, is because of the relevance to guys who have had bad experiences with women. I thought the world was full of pedophiles because I was surrounded by pedophiles. Now, if you're a man who spent most of his life surrounded by unhealthy women, you will believe that all women are unhealthy. And you'll believe it so strongly because you think you've seen a lot of evidence to prove it, what is commonly known as anecdotal evidence. Just like a racist, if they are surrounded by an ethnicity of people who are also unhealthy psychologically, that group that they're surrounded by, they'll believe that the ethnicity is to blame. If all the black guys in my life are also violent, I will think that black guys are violent. Even though statistically that's not accurate. So the reason I bring up the whole pedophile story is because I know for certain that some of the most, now some of the men who are on the sort of misogyny spectrum, who look down on women or have resentment towards them, bitterness towards them, are unaware that the, so, the seemingly random collection of women that they've had occur in their lives are not random whatsoever. That they have somehow managed to attract, magnetize, and generate a repetitive system where only unhealthy women come into their lives. And, and it's really interesting, you know, when I look back on the way I used to meet women, especially in, in terms of romance, which of course was a grim experience in my earlier life. I was actually attracted to unhealthy women, physically. It was a bizarre thing. I would look at a girl and go, damn, she is hot. And without fail, she would be some sort of party freak nutcase. I don't know how I was able to see this. I could see this at a distance. As soon as I looked at a girl across the bar, I went, yeah, she's hot. Some of my friends would be like, really, her? I don't get it. I don't see it. But I'd be obsessed with her. What I didn't realize is somehow I was seeing beyond the flesh, I was seeing something in her that attracted me to her, and that thing I was attracted to was very unhealthy. If you're a victim, you attract bullies. If you're a nice guy, you attract abusers. And if you're unhealthy, you attract other unhealthy people. So what will happen for a lot of guys out there is they will think that basically every girl they've met is being negative to them in some way. And they will come to the quite reasonable conclusion that these women somehow represent all women. And therefore, it makes logical sense to categorize women based on the behavior of these few. And yet what you don't realize is you are not getting a random sample of women. When I was working with pedophiles, I chose to specialize in sex offenders. I did not get a random sample of criminal offenders to work with. I knew what I was doing. So I was able to see it better. I was able to see that I was getting skewed perspective perspective because I'd chosen to skew my perspective. I'd chosen to create this. But with the women in my life, I hadn't chosen that consciously. I didn't realize that I was getting a skewed sample. I didn't realize that the way I behaved and lived attracted a very skewed niche of women into my life, who then had the uh, dubious honor of representing all women. I want to start, you know, today by really opening your eyes. If you're somebody who feels like all the women in your life, or even most of them, have been whatever it is that you don't like about women, 
overly emotional, erratic, nasty, manipulative, flaky, crazy, whatever it is you think all women are in general, there's a real possibility that your own self-worth issues has brought a small niche, a non-representative niche of women into your life. And you don't even see this happening because there's no counter-evidence. You're only attracting this kind of woman. And the only time you see women who aren't like this, they're of course taken by other men. So you get the impression that the few women who don't fit the unhealthy category are snapped up straight away, and they're rare. Very rare. But just like me with working with the pedophiles, maybe your perspective is not an accurate sample. I really want to plant that idea in your head because I do know for certain, and we're going to get into this in a minute, that a lot of a lot of the guys who, who have issues with women as a group, who really see them as somehow less than men, uh, will often go to research and find evolutionary biology justification for these arguments, which is, is no different to a third-wave feminist looking only at rapists and saying all men are rapists. You're only looking at the sample that exists inside your life, and you are probably not even getting a chance to meet the other ones because of the way you are. They don't want to have anything to do with you. We're going to get into that. The counter-opposite to the feminist extreme of all men are rapists is the very misogynistic view that all women are manipulative, all women are flaky, all women are emotionally unstable. It's the same kind of perspective. So if you're a guy who thinks this way and you hate third-wave feminism, you know, if you think it's bullshit that men are all called rapists, then you've got to accept the paradox here. How can you believe that your view is fair and accurate when a view that's absolutely the same as yours is so obviously skewed and biased and bullshit? But it makes sense if you're this kind of guy. If you're a nice guy, a people pleaser, if you're... Uh, just socially awkward or, or sexually ashamed, you're only going to attract fucked up women into your life. And then they're going to become the representatives of women as a group. But I'm here to tell you now from extensive experience that once you are able to look beyond this world, once you're allowed into the rest of the arena of women, you'll come to realize that it's not even possible to put them all into a group together because they're so varied. Let's start by having a look at why some men end up with a perspective of women that's negative, while others don't. Why some men struggle to connect well with women, while others find it a breeze and they have loving, genuine, very respectful connections, including sex. Well, I was talking about this with Mike, the co-founder of Brojo. And we realized, you know, we get to see a pretty good representative sample of men in Brojo. And we see a range from guys who worship women all the way through to the other end of guys who hate women. And both ends of those of that spectrum are unhealthy. So Mike and I were more on the worship woman end of the spectrum. We thought women were better than us. But we've, we've done a lot of work and a lot of coaching and had a lot of deep and meaningful conversations with guys on the other end who look down on women and resent them. And we're asking, we, we're talking about like, how is it that we get these different perspectives when we so clearly relate to these guys on the insecurities? We have the same insecurities as each other. 
the misogynists versus the nice guy worshippers. We're, we're, we're all fucked up in the same kind of way. Why is it that we end up with such a different result? One guy looking up and one guy looking down. We realize there's actually a lot of variables going on here that can change your experience. One thing that both types of guys, guys who look up to women, guys who look down to women, any guy who's outside of respect of women and sees them as equals, they end up in the friend zone. One-itis, right? You guys will know what I'm talking about. And who you end up in that friend zone with can make a huge difference. Now, Mike and I, we always ended up in the friend zone with friendly, genuinely caring women. So the girls I became obsessed with were very kind, and they were actually people-pleasers as well. You know, like I said, unhealthy always attracts unhealthy. So they, they had their problems. But they treated me very well. They were never hard to me. And when it came time to tell me that they weren't interested, if it finally like got to that point, they'd do so with compassion and caring. Whereas I've noticed that some other guys will end up becoming obsessed with an abusive psychopathic girl, a manipulator, a user. And that'll be a pattern for them as well. So while I had a pattern of worshipping people-pleaser type girls, I know other guys have a pattern of worshipping psychopathic girls who treat them like shit. And so that makes a big difference. Who you and you know, and this might be a, like a little turning point that happens early on, probably when you're a child and you start having crushes on girls. You probably, I don't know, it's probably some fraudulent shit where you're having a crush on a girl based on the template your mother has left or some fucked up shit like that. But I, I was right from the beginning. I was always really attracted, and and even when I was like a six year old, I had crushes on the nice girls. Whereas other guys, they have crushes on the nasty popular girls. That can make a big difference as to the kind of evidence about how women behave after that. See, with guys like Mike and me, whenever we, we got rejected by these nice girls, we would take it personally. Now, we would say it's something wrong with me. Whereas if I was spending my whole time getting rejected by really bitchy, nasty, manipulative girls, I'd come to the conclusion that the problem was them, that they were nasty. And so guys like me and Mike, we internalized the pain. We would hate ourselves. Whereas other guys, they would end up hating women. And we're the same guys, with just a different early life experience. And I think another one of those different experiences are the other women that we have in our lives earlier on. My mother is a lovely person. She treated me very well. The female teachers I had early on were kind and caring and gentle. They no doubt had their issues, but the early women in my life represented women pretty well, or should I say at least positively. They represented women as kind and feminine and compassionate and caring. And so that was my baseline, my foundation of women. Now, if you've got an abusive psychopathic mother, or shitty-ass sisters, or a bitch of a teacher, it paints a totally different picture. And the earlier the influence, the bigger the impact. You know, you learn most of what you're ever going to learn. Something like 80% of what you're ever going to learn happens in the first five years. So if you've got nasty females happening to you in that first five years, it paints all females with a brush of nastiness. And this goes both ways. It means the upside is you're less likely to be swindled by a girl because you're extra suspicious around them. Whereas guys like me were more likely to get fucked over by a girl because we thought they were all lovely and beyond reproach. Um, so every now and then we'll get used and abused like crazy because we just didn't see any possibility of a woman being a bad thing. So like I said, equally un insecure, equally unhealthy, just different ends of the spectrum.
I think the real difference is, the, is caring versus controlling. Were the women in your early life, were they caring and compassionate, or were they controlling, manipulative and nasty? Because odds are, and this is really guesswork on my part, if you're someone right now who looks down on women, who's resentful and bitter towards them, I'm guessing your early experiences with women were in the nasty category, whereas mine weren't. Early dating and friendship experiences, of course, will also play a huge role. The girls in your peer circle, if you had one. The girls that you were lucky enough to date, if you could connect with any. How they treated on you. Did they cheat on you? Did they look up to you? Did they look down on you? Were they nice to you? Were they controlling? Again, you'll probably see patterns. Now, if you're someone who's had these patterns very strong, you're going to think, yeah, well, that's because all women are like that. But hopefully you've been listening to me. They're not. I had the opposite experience to you. All the women in my life essentially were nice and caring and thought about me. They were thoughtful, compassionate, very feminine and nurturing. Too far, if anything. They were, you know, people pleasers. You were dealing with one niche and I was dealing with another, neither of which accurately represent all women. We're both dealing with these small, unhealthy, fringe niches of women. Whereas... Or the rest of the guys out there, you know, the guys who weren't all fucked up like us, there's very few of them actually, very few guys are confident from a teenage experience, but they weren't seeing women that we were seeing, they weren't interacting with the women that we were interacting with, they were only dealing with the healthy, confident ones, and they were dealing with them in a way that brought the best out of them, we'll get into that later. There's also a thing around, there are some differences between men and women in general, And these can be aggravated by either acceptance or lack of acceptance. If you look at, there's some characters, one fictional, one real. Russell Brand, he's a real character, and Hank from Californication, if you guys have ever seen that program. They're both kind of, people would simplify and call them womanizers, but I'd say they go beyond that. They're people, they're guys, characters, who absolutely understand women. And that's why they do so well with them. Now what's interesting about these guys is they are totally accepting, not just accepting, but they embrace the feminine. They love the feminine way of doing things. The the same stuff that other guys would call crazy or irrational, a guy like Russell Brand would call exciting and unpredictable and wild. They have a frame about women and femininity that helps them to enjoy the tendencies that women have that are different to the tendencies that men have. If you're somebody who wants women to be rational, like an engineer, you're going to be disappointed. And if you think that anything less than rational is somehow a failing, then you're going to be misogynistic. But if you're someone who thinks of emotional as creative and artistic and interesting and uh, varied and wild and you think that's a good thing, then women are going to be an absolute pleasure to you. Because yes, there are some biological tendencies and differences between men and women, but whether or not these things are good or bad is totally subjective to you. And this is one of the main things that has changed for me. My old view of women was that irrational was bad and wrong, except I used to take that personally. So I used to think I caused them to be irrational, therefore there was something wrong with me. Whereas my perspective now is... Thank God they're not all rational engineers. I could never be sexually attracted to them. Thank God they're wild and creative. They give me a range of emotions that I can't experience on my own. 
that's been one of the huge changes for me. I've changed how I see women without them needing to change. Because how I see them was harming me, not how they're behaving. Them being wild is not something I actually have to control or manage, and it's not a result of something going wrong. It's the, the spice of life. But I used to be so upset with them because of them being this way, because they didn't think like me. Talking about these differences, this, like I mentioned earlier, evolutionary psychology and evolutionary biology as a field of science and psychology becomes an evidence base for misogynists. What they do is they start finding the studies that show that men and women are different. And they say these studies don't just say that men and women are different. They say that women are worse. They also use these studies to justify certain behavior. They say that because women are generally more wild and indirect, you have to be more controlling. You have to be more manipulative to, to manage them. You have to trick them and manipulate them into sex because they're manipulative beings. Which goes far beyond the statistical or qualitative evidence of differences between men and women and starts to give it a flavor that the facts don't back. And what we're seeing here is the justification for tribalism. This is no different to a hardcore feminist saying that because men have a tendency to be more aggressive, they are therefore a threat. That's taking it too far. Aggression is not necessarily a threat. Pointed in the right direction, it's actually protection. But a feminist will skew that data into making it something that has to be medicated or there has to be policies against it or something like that. Like there's something wrong with guys. When there's actually nothing wrong with aggression, it's all about how you use it. Just like a woman being indirect and creative, there's nothing wrong with that as long as you know how to receive it. You know, if you're looking at a beautiful piece of artwork like abstract art, and you think, oh, it doesn't look like the real thing. Well, then you're not looking at it right, because it's not supposed to look like the real thing. It's painting a picture. It's a more interesting version of the real thing. And this is the kind of indirect nature of the feminine. You know, a, a woman will tell you a story, and it's, it's not rational, but it's far more effectively painting a picture than a rational story ever could, if you know how to listen. So we see this... You know, we see this in like uh, RSD, Real Social Dynamics, Red Pill Forum on, on Reddit or whatever, all the pickup artist stuff. We see this echo chamber run by psychopaths who use and I, I absolutely misuse um, psych research and biology differences between men and women as justification to manipulate, control and degrade and hate women. And the, the, the echo chamber is such a trap because if you follow this pickup artist way of interacting with women by being manipulative and trying to control them, the only woman that's going to work on is unhealthy women, psychologically unhealthy women. And so you're going to perpetuate this evidence echo chamber that you've been in your whole life. You know, there's a reason that all this game stuff works mainly on crazy nightclub whores. They are not representative of all women. Most women do not go to nightclubs. Most. Why? Because it's not like a healthy social environment. If you're using all that pickup stuff, and I know a lot of you listening probably are, you've got to understand that you are actually generating the very behavior that you look down on women for. Not only are you provoking gameplay by playing the game first, by initiating with gameplay, but you're also going to be not noticing how the confident and healthy woman walk away from you and have no interest in it. 
Those same women who would stay and stick around if you were authentic and genuine and vulnerable and all the things that pickup artists are not. And if you're really going to use evolutionary psychology and other science as your argument, then you must be willing to consider other scientific concepts like self-fulfilling prophecy, confirmation bias. Self-fulfilling prophecy is basically if you treat people a certain way, they will end up behaving that way, even if that's not how they were in the first place. For example, if I'm racist, and I treat all black guys like they're criminals, that's going to aggravate them, and one of them's going to punch me in the face eventually, and that's going to confirm my belief that they're all criminals, when actually the way I behave brought out the worst in them. It's the same thing with misogyny. If you think all women are manipulative, nasty, flaky, lying bitches and whores, then guess what they're going to be like around you? Whatever they've got in them that's nasty and deceptive is going to be aggravated by the way you interact with them. And their good parts are going to be played down. And the women who don't have any of that nasty stuff going on, they're simply going to walk away from you because there's nothing attractive about a manipulative guy to a healthy woman. Gender tribalism is happening here. Just like third wave feminists stoke the fire of misandry, there are a small percentage of women saying men are all rapists. Me too, etc., etc. The same thing's happening with misogyny. A small group of psychopaths are saying that women are less than and different and you have to treat them like shit in order to get what you want. But they don't know what they're talking about. They do not represent all women. And a huge factor going on here is also your sexual shame. I've met no man who does well with women and has deep sexual shame. And nearly every guy I've ever coached who struggles with women, that's his main problem here, sexual shame. Shame about his masculinity, shame about sexuality, deep, dark, weird shit going on about sex itself. And see, when you're, when you're in this place, when you have sexual shame and problems around sex, if you watch a lot of porn and stuff like that, women are going to represent where all your darkness is. You're going to see them as the source of your darkness, when it's actually you projecting that darkness onto them. You'll see an attractive girl, and she will represent every single fucking thing you're afraid of. And you'll think, she's something to be afraid of. Or she's something to despise. When all you're seeing is your own fucked up insecurities bouncing back on the mirror that is her. How does this all change? If you're still listening at this point, you're open to the idea that maybe your skewed perspective of woman A isn't helping you, and B isn't accurate. How do we get to a place where we actually meet, attract the healthy women and see the ones that we thought were bitches and whores as actually the healthy woman or the normal woman at least that they are with their ups and downs and lefts and rights like any other human? How do we get there? One of the key things is that changed in my life in general for me personally was humanism. At some point I decided I didn't want to belong to any tribes anymore. Those weren't the exact words going through my head at the time. But I didn't want to be a white man, or a New Zealander, or a rugby player, or a coach, or even a man. I didn't want to belong to any group. I thought, yeah, God, belonging to a group is just so fucking weak. You know, it's just, it's fucking weak to need to belong to a group to, to give yourself an identity. You know, it's just, it's fucking weak. And I thought, I don't want to be weak like that. I want to be an army of one. You know, I want to be somebody who stands, can stand on their own. And as I was looking at this, I realized, well, 
combined with this is the observation that I'm a highly judgmental person. I look at other people as belonging to tribes and I judge them accordingly. And it's caused me to miss out on some friendships. I remember there's a few times where I wouldn't talk to someone because they belong to some group. Maybe it was some race that I was racist against or yeah, a woman, something like that. And then later on, I met them and talked to them and realized they were a decent person. I'm like, how did I not see that before? What have I missed out on? And then also, of course, the opposite is because I belonged to groups, I had to accept all their members, and some of the members of the groups I was in, the tribes, were douchebags. Like, I saw myself as the West Auckland tribe. Fuck, there's a lot of dicks in West Auckland. But I had to tolerate all of them because we're both West Aucklanders, you know. And I got really sick of this tribalism shit. And I realized the only way I'm going to get out of this is to see the entire human race as a single tribe. That all humans are in on it together. That any human suffering is a result of, is all of us suffering, you know. Any human pain is all our pain. Any bad behavior by any human is a direct uh, representation of the quality of a society. Which, by the way, is far more scientifically accurate than tribalism is. Basically, the healthier the society, the less crime and so on that you have. So I started to look at, I realized, you know, for me, one of the key groups that I had to mm, come to terms with was this men versus women thing, just like I'm talking about here. I needed to find a way to bring women into my group to be able to see myself as equal with them, to understand that me being sexually attracted to women did not make them different to me, or even different to men. It was just a different way of feeling about individuals. One of the key things that I actually did practically with this is I lived with women. So I had uh, flatmates, with it, and, and there were women I was attracted to, too. Uh, over the course of about 10 years in total, I flatted with a lot of different people, and at times they were attractive women who I became friends with. And what's interesting is when you live with a woman, you start to see that they're not what you thought they were. They're more, both more complicated than you thought they were, and more like you. I remember there'd be times I'd be sitting in the lounge and I'd be texting some girl and frustrated with like her playing games with me or whatever. And I'd be sitting right next to a girl where some guy was texting her and playing games with her. I'd be like, oh my god, we're in the same boat. We're both experiencing the same pain right now. You know, I used to think, god, a woman takes so long getting ready. But then I realized, oh, it's because they get so heavily judged by other women. They're, they're very insecure around other women. They have to get themselves perfect because they're... Women spend so much time judging each other on looks. And, you know, I learned all of this by living with women. They told me about this. I'd go into the bathroom after they went for a shit and it stank, just like mine did. I started to realize, oh my god, women are just people. They're just like me. And that was a huge revelation. It was the same thing that helped me uh, be so successful in rehabilitating sex offenders is to a greater extent than most people, I was able to connect with sex offenders. It doesn't mean I condoned what they did by any means. I thought what they did was horrific. But I could still see that they were humans. I could still see that they were people. And I could still see that we had things in common. And because I could see that, and they could see that I could see that, they would open up to me, and that means I was more able to manage their risks and prevent them from reoffending. And the same thing happened, in a way, with women. Because I was able to see them as human, able to connect with me as well. And so my relationships with girls that I used to be terrified of, attractive girls, totally changed. It was as easy as talking to some random guy. Because they were really no different. What I also learned 
as I started to meet more healthy women, is that healthy women don't play games. So the kind of gameplay that I was subjected to by unhealthy women that made me resent women at certain times, when women mistreated me. I thought that all women played these games, but healthy women don't. And healthy women are as rare as healthy men. So you've got to understand that, you know, when I, I mentioned before we're dealing with niches of society, they're pretty big niches. And, and unhealthy men and unhealthy women are massive niches in today's world. A lot of people are unhealthy today, psychologically. But when I met the few healthy girls, the ones that just seemed so far out of my league when I was so unhealthy, when I started talking to them and stuff, I didn't have to play games with them. I could just go up to them and say, I like you, I'm attracted to you, let's go on a date. And it would happen. And they would tell me how they felt about me. And there wouldn't be bullshit, and there wouldn't be tricks, and there wouldn't be, you know, uh, shit tests, and all the stuff that I got from the unhealthy club girls that I was chasing around before. I realized that healthy women need a man, not a boy. And the reason I was getting unhealthy women in my life is because I was still a boy. I was behaving like a 13-year-old kid, hiding my attraction behind jokes and stuff like that, playing games, trying to play women off against each other, trying to use jealousy as a motivator. That's what 13-year-olds do. That is childish. You know, these pickup artists, psychopath guys, think they're so masculine and so above the rest of us, and they're behaving like teenagers. They're stuck in their adolescence psychologically. Still trying to control women. When I read uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy by Robert Glover, one of the things that stood out to me the most is he says you can have an unhealthy person with an unhealthy person in a relationship. Or you can have two healthy people in a relationship with each other. But you'll never have one of each. Which means if your partner is unhealthy, you must be too. And for something that he did not back up with any citations whatsoever, it's probably the truest thing. I've ever fucking read. To this day, I am yet to find a relationship where one person is healthy and the other person's unhealthy, psychologically. If somebody in the relationship is fucked up, you better believe the other one is too. Now, one of them might look like a rock, might look stable while the other one's wild, but that stable-looking one will be a needy fixer who controls and manipulates with helping and support. If the women in your life are unhealthy, it's because you are. That is the main point I'm really making today, and it was the harsh truth that changed my life. When I started working on my health psychologically, when I got into self-development and I started working on being more humanist, I started working on being more bold and masculine and mature, more of a man than a boy, the women in my life changed quality, drastically. The girls I used to be attracted to, suddenly they weren't so hot to me. And the ones that I used to dare not look at because, you know, I don't want to be burned by the sun. Suddenly I could go talk to those ones. And they turned out to be way friendlier than I was expecting. There would be these super attractive girls that before I'd think, oh, she must be such a bitch. And I'd go talk to her and boldly express to her that I'm attracted to her. And she'd go, oh my god, thank you so much. And be kind and compassionate and polite. Even if she wasn't into me, she would take it well and I'd get these great feedback. And I just thought, God, where have these women been my entire life? All the women I've been surrounded by have just played games and really fucked me around. And I realized, well, all the women I've been surrounded by, maybe they're not a representative sample. And maybe it's no mistake that I happen to have them in my life. Maybe it wasn't random. But it was, in fact, engineered by my very behavior and my way of thinking. I really hope this has helped some of you. 
For those of you who are resentful towards women, the main point I'm trying to make here is not that men and women are the same, they're not. But that the reason you're having bad experiences with women is not because there's something wrong with women as a gender. It's because there's something about you that needs to get sorted out. And I'm telling you, when you sort that thing out, the quality of the women in your life will change and you'll meet the other ones that you have not been meeting. And you'll meet them in a way that will bring out the best in them as well, so you get kind of like double points there. I'm talking from vast experience of my own life, and I'm also talking from interviewing a lot of guys, many of whom I've coached personally, who have made this change themselves. Most of my coaching clients, who are like nice guy people pleasers and treated like shit by women, after six months or a year after we start coaching, they're now surrounded by healthy, attractive, confident women. And they're having great relationships with them. Because they've changed the way they see women. And they've changed themselves. And that's changed the quality of the woman. They've left the other unhealthy ones behind where they belong. It's a tough subject. I feel for you. I don't look down on you because you look down on women. I get it. I do. I'm telling you, it's not helping you. And it's not even true. You're just seeing what you've been surrounded by. And they do not represent the others. Get in touch if there's anything more I can do to help you with this. Dan at brojo.co.nz And if you feel like this was really speaking to you, then here's my real number one practical tip. Give up pursuing women sexually for like 12 months. I really mean this, because if you think women are different and less than men, you've got a lot of work to do before you can even consider connecting with them. And spend that year... Trying to curiously get to know women as humans rather than trying to fuck them or control them. It'll be the most productive year of your life. And your relationships with women will be healthy and abundant from there on out. I fucking guarantee it. It's one of the few things I'll promise. But you have to give up chasing them and owning them and needing them and controlling them. And work on just learning about them. Getting to know them. Coming to the conclusion, yes, they are humans. I'll see you all next time.